Hello and welcome back to Kent and the Steering Team for another week. You're joined today by Drew and myself, Phil. Uh, unfortunately, Kent can't be with us today. He's uh, down at the uh, the local supermarket buying himself some lollies for all the kids and stuff like that that, that are going to be at his door this weekend for Halloween weekend because, of course, Ooh. it is the Halloween edition of Kent and the Steering Team. Kent That's and right. the Spooky Team, more like. Leave. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, of course, this is our Halloween special. Um, we have some fun things in store for you. We're going to be um, discussing uh, Halloween in this country of Australia and whether it has its place, whether it's just a fad, whether it's a thing that's going to become a constant trend and whether or not we'll pick up some other uh, American sort of themed holidays. Um, I guess um, we'll go through some nightmares or our, or our biggest nightmares. Uh, we'll also go through our top five Halloween films or films to watch over the Halloween weekend if you're not at a Halloween party or you just don't really give a stuff about it and you just want to watch some cool movies. Um, and then, of course, there is the latest inductee into the Sitcan of the Week Hall of Fame. Woo! Drew. Yes. Let's get crack a Yes, indeed. Yep. Okay, where do we want to kick off? <laughs> All right. All right. Um, well, let's start with let's start uh, start off with Halloween in Australia, shall we? Yeah. Well. Um, and yeah. All right. For those of you that aren't aware, Halloween is a big holiday, one that's celebrated on the thirty first of October every year. The origin of it, according to Wikipedia, as I'm going to read out to you right now, always a very uh, uh, useful source. Oh, of course. Halloween accuracy is key. Yes. Halloween, also known as All Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, or All Saints' Eve, is a celebration observed in a number of countries on 31 October, the eve of the Western Christian Feast of All Hallows' Day. It begins the three-day observance of All Hallowtide, the time in the liturgical year dedicated to remembering the dead, including saints, hallows, martyrs, and all the faithful departed. So... Yeah, it's not quite the whole, you know, terrifying monsters and trick-or-treating holiday that everyone seems to see it as. I, I guess here in Australia, we view it as just a very American, candy fueled chaotic day. But, mm. you know, we're not, maybe we're not all entirely aware of what it is, but... I guess the real question is, should we be celebrating it here? Does it have a place here? And that's an interesting one, because I, I have to say I enjoy going to, you know, Halloween party or two. I think it's interesting or a fun idea to, to occasionally dress up in something. Um, yeah. Uh, some sort of costume. Not that I can be bothered. I think one year I dressed up as Wes Wally. I just taped some red tape around a white a white top <laughs> and that was it. Um, but it worked. Um I, 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 don't, I don't know if it, have, it has its place. I, look, I guess it does because everyone seems to be doing it nowadays. Um, a, an American neighbor of mine, uh, actually, uh, she she campaigned a couple of years ago. She had some young children, so did some other people on the street. So they started an interesting idea of um, every week before Halloween, they go around and let a, drop, a letterbox drop a piece of paper, an orange piece of paper that says on it, Halloween is on the 31st. If you wish to take part in it and allow the kids to come to your door and get some candy and do trick or treat, 
just leave this note up in your door and we can come to your door. Otherwise, we'll leave you alone. And I think that's a great idea. That's um, fantastic. It that, yeah, it, it's, it's awesome. So it means that those that want to be involved with it definitely can be on board with it. And those that don't care at all don't have to be involved. Um, what a simple, clever on, way of doing it, though. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. It's a great way of doing it. Very, very, very clever. Um, very tasteful and that doesn't annoy people. And it lets people have the fun if they want to. Um, I've seen it grow as well over the last couple of years from being very, very, um, uh, like nothing, no one really cares about it to actually quite a lot of the street getting involved. Even houses starting to decorate their houses with like spooky things and stuff like that for Halloween. Um, they usually hang around till Christmas, of course, because we can't be bothered taking that stuff down. Um, uh, just like Christmas decorations stay up till Easter. Um, so it's a good idea and it lets people into it. So uh, Look, I'm, I'm happy for that idea, but I don't know if it needs to be as mainstream as what it's becoming, like where all the TV shows and news stations and stuff go, ooh, it's Halloween. Like, no one cares that that much. Um, I do like that there are discounts on lollies and stuff in the shops. I appreciate <laughs> of course that. You do. The fridge is stocked up with lollies, not for these kids. We haven't put the orange piece of paper on the door. We just got it for ourselves because it's on sale. Um, Smooth. I, look... I don't know. I don't know if I want it to be fully as, as as big as it is in the states, but I'm happy for it to be here in some way. Um, yeah, that's that's my take on it. I think I'm yeah. okay with it, but not full on. Yeah, I I'm inclined to agree with you. I personally, I I think let's just adopt it. We seem to be losing every little shred of Australian identity anyway. So why not take <laughs> exactly. it on? <laughs> you know. I, <laughs> I don't think we really know who we are anymore. We're the nation that's adopted everything from everyone else. So, yep. yeah, whatever with that. But no, look, I, I think it has, it certainly has a bit of its place here. I know that personally, I find it a lot of fun. October is my month for binge watching Tim Burton films all the way up until Halloween. I've always loved sitting back on Halloween and watching The Nightmare Before Christmas. And now that's something I get to share with my son as his birthday is October 31. So, Are you serious? Yeah, yeah he's a Halloween baby. I, I joked about it the entire pregnancy and then it happened. So You got, you got it. Yeah. It, and look, you know. Well, that's really good though. It means kids' birthday parties are going to be cheap. Oh. Lots of lollies on sale. Oh, yeah. He's going to get dress up parties for his whole life. Mm. I'm sure he'll be sick of it by the time he's 15. Well, for sure. Yeah. But, no, I I think it's a good bit of fun and, you know, not to be taken so seriously. It, it, it's just one day a year where everyone can just get together and, and just be a bit silly and have a bit of fun and be jovial with one another. And don't we need more moments like that where we can just, you know, let our hair down a bit with one another? I think it's a bit annoying, though, that it... That it it doesn't always necessarily fall on either a Friday or a Saturday or a Sunday or something like that. And it's not a public holiday or something. It's just, ugh, it's this year, it's a Tuesday afternoon for us that all the kids are going to be coming around. It's like, it's a weeknight. I don't care. I'm not interested. Oh yeah. That, in, in that, in that instance, it, it's going to be frustrating, <laughs> but you know, I, I guess, you know, even it's calendar works. <laughs> even years ago, you know, coming out of high school and that we used to go to Halloween parties, whether they were on Halloween or on the weekend before it or, or just after, like, there'd, there'd always be something on and we'd all dress up for it. We, we'd just move it to the weekend and, mm. you know, all the pubs would, would move their, their Halloween theme nights to that night and, I don't know, it's, Definitely. it's fairly common. 
what what was interesting as well is is so while the the whole trick or treat thing was in its early um, early phase or, or developing on my street, we had some people that would like a little bit older kids, so not not like little kids with their parents, but slightly older than that. And like when we weren't doing it at all here, and then the kids would come and go trick or treat, and like they'd just be like snotty, annoying, bratty kids, and you'd just be like trick. They would have no idea what the hell you meant. They had no idea under the concept that is it is trick or treat. They're just like trick or treat. So you say tr- trick, and they go what? What I said trick or treat, and I said yeah trick, and they just looked at me like an like a bunch of idiots, having no idea what the hell I was saying. Um, so I think that if you want to get involved with it properly, you have to actually understand that if, if I say that I expect a trick, something cool or you to do something to me, not, not, you know, just saying trick or treat for no apparent reason. And also one year when kids, well, not kids, but people from my school came to my door to do trick or treat. Um, I didn't have any candy or lollies to give them. So I gave them cornflakes, which unfortunately gave me the, um, uh, nickname at school for almost the entire year of Cornflakes Boy. <laughs> you got called Cornflakes Boy. Cornflakes Boy, because I gave people Cornflakes for Halloween. Well, I didn't know. I'm not doing stupid Halloween when no one even cares about it in Australia. I, it's not my fault if you want to come to my door when I don't have the orange thing on it and I have nothing to give you, or don't just don't want to give up my lollies. No, that's perfectly understandable. Bastards, hey. they got their cornflakes and poured into their sacks and that's all they could deal with. Hey, at least they got something. Yeah, cornflakes. Good for you. Yeah. No, let them be. Mm-hmm. Did any of them ever yeah. sing the whole song to you? What's the song? Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. I've not ever heard that in my entire life. What? Really? Is that a thing? Yeah. Is that the thing? Yeah. Seriously? Seriously. I thought it was just trick or treat. Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. Well, because I thought it was trick or treat because you either ask for <laughs> a treat or if you say trick, then you have to like uh, TP the house or like throw eggs at them or something like that or, or do like well, some sort of trick. Well, I mean, that is, that is part of it, but the song is also part of it. Well, if anyone ever does it at my door, I'll just push them down the stairs. Because <laughs> it's not acceptable. Uh, careful listeners, those stairs are a massive, massive danger. I, I would be afraid. <laughs> exactly. Put it this way. Do not walk up or down that staircase in thongs in the wet. Because <laughs> you'll go A over T. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, good, good idea. <laughs> It's funny, because I can imagine before you getting to my door, actually falling over and getting up from me like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. Oh, that's good. That's good for me. Okay, well, I've had fun. Yep. Um, anyway, should, should moving we, right along. <laughs> yeah, should we segue now, or segue? Yes, we shall. Or uh, over to the next uh, topic of discussion, because I feel like I have a little bit more to say that, um, uh, than what I did maybe half an hour ago or an hour ago or so. Um <laughs> when we first started messing each other about what the hell we were going to talk about. Yes. Um, biggest nightmare. Biggest nightmare. Yeah. Drew, I'll let you begin. Well, I mean, this popped into my head today. It was just a thought, but you know what? The most terrifying thought that could ever occur to me would be to realize one day that in my own life story, I am the Biff Tannen in my life. <laughs> 
Now, for those of you that don't know, Biff Tannen is the antagonist of the Back to the Future films. And well, since when did you become the physical type? Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's Biff. And and it's a terrifying, terrifying notion to me. Th- those are my favorite movies of all time. And but he's pretty cool, though. Even though he's like a complete failure, he's pretty cool. He is, but I, I just feel sad for him. Why? Because he looks like he's got you know something wrong with him. <laughs> well, you know, there there is that. No, no. It's that even in the alternate 1985, where he apparently has everything he wants, the way in which he's taken those things and the way in which he's achieved it, I, I'm, I'm not angry or upset with him for what he's done as a character. I literally just feel so sad for him. I never want to be in that kind of position in my own life where where I get what I want by, by mm. having it at the expense of other people's happiness. Yes. No, I, I completely get that. And I, I, I get it. Like it. It would be such a shame to be able to, to be in a, a life where you're not, not necessarily spoiled, but you just brought up and are in a way that you can't understand a proper interaction with a human being and how it doesn't have to be forced from your end. And no, and no sorry, one forced from their end. And no one likes him. And not that it's important to be liked. But he's he's constantly surrounded by all these people, and none of them like him at all. They can't stand him. And I can't imagine being around people who are having to force themselves to be around me. Yeah. Or feeling like they're compelled to be. It should never be that way. But I do like, though, that, that Biff, um, you know, in, in the future, in 2015, how Biff is aware that, that, you know, Biff Jr. there is an idiot. Like, he's aware of the, the stupidity that's going on. Like, he's aware of how dumb he can look. And he's quite wise. Yeah, but it, it, if you remember, that is a reformed Biff after the events of the first movie. Aha, uh-huh, of course. Ah, oh, damn it, I keep forgetting because the fucking ins and outs of the and he, and, he, and he still kid. slips a little bit. When he gets dragged out of the diner, he goes, Hey, kid, say hi to your grandma for me. Yeah, that's true. It's, he does. And still just, you know still that he big. hasn't, yeah, he hasn't completely corrected himself. But anyway, that that's my, that's my worst nightmare, being the Biff in my own life story. Hmm. Well, mine isn't as brilliant as that and deep as that. Mine is more, I'm living my worst nightmare. Uh, oh, yeah. Once again, for I think the... What episode number is this? Seven? I think for the seventh episode in a row. Is this seven or six? This is seven. I don't know. Well, here we go. Lucky number seven. Seven can bugger off this week because for the second time in a row, and for the seventh podcast in a row, we're going to be talking about Apple briefly. <laughs> um, so let me just, a little bit of backstory here. So when I had my iPhone 4S, the awesomest, most coolest phone that I have, and still probably my favorite phone that I've ever had, um, I had it and loved it and it was the best thing that I had and it's the coolest Apple product that Apple has ever made. Um, it's just such a beautiful work of art. And then I started to hear about the fact that, because I thought the 5 looked shit, so I just stuck with my 4S and it looked awesome. The four, uh, the 5S came out and that was crap looking as well. It had that shitty plastic metal back that peels off and it looks like that weird light grey translucent looking plastic. So it was a piece of crap, the iPhone 5 and 5S. 
Um, then I saw the 6 coming out, and I was like, well, here we go. Apple's completely become like Android now. But you know what? It's a cool phone. It's a bigger screen than the, the 4, or the 4S, sorry. Um, I think I'll get it. I'm really glad to have my 4S in perfect working order. No damage at all. I can leave it to the side, and it can sit there forever, and I can show my kids one day, or just the neighbor's kids down in the years, uh, years to come of what phones used to look like when I was uh, in my early 20s. And then, and then, <laughs> about two weeks out after the, uh, two weeks before the iPhone 6 was released, I dropped my iPhone 4S onto some tiles, face down, and it cracked the screen. And it broke. I mean, sorry, it still works, but it, the screen's cracked. When you hold it to your ear, you get bits of glass in your ear. You put bits of glass into your thumb whenever you use the screen or any other finger you want to use to touch the screen with. So it it was broken. Smashed glass. Fucked. Then what did I do Flash with my iPhone 6? So yeah, here we are to today. Uh, today, this is being recorded on Tuesday um, for those that are <laughs> playing along at home. Um, I had my phone on my lap and I got up quite quickly, just so you know, the iPhone, if you listen to this way in the future, I don't know what the hell you would, but anyway, um, the iPhone 10 or the iPhone X is being launched on the, what is it? The 8th of November? Yeah. Something like that. Something like that. Yeah. So here we are on the 24th of, uh, October. Uh, I got up quickly today, and when I got up quickly, my phone fell off my lap, and it fell, and it landed face down on tiles. And for the second time in my life, I heard that distinct little ting, the sound of glass, toughened glass, smashing on tiles. What did I do? I got up and picked my phone, looked at it, and of course, <laughs> fucking screen is broken again. I was going to get the iPhone 10, but I was going to wait till either Christmas or my birthday in February. But what am I going to do now on Friday when the pre-orders start? I'm going to pre-order the fucking phone that I didn't want to spend my money on yet because I've broken my phone. Drew, yeah. this is my worst nightmare. I'm doing... Uh, for, like... For the second time, I've broken my bloody phone. It doesn't matter how many times I hear this, it just gets funnier. <laughs> it's not funny. I broke my... I do feel for you as, as much so as I can for myself. someone that's never broken an iPhone screen. I feel for you. <laughs> Twice now. And I'm the Touch careful me. one. I'm the one that doesn't break shit. And I've broken two iPhones on tiles... Just before the next phone comes out. You need a better phone case. I have a leather phone case on my phone. I've dropped it so many times on tiles recently. And I haven't broken the screen once. Oh, man. You know what I should have bought for the iPhone? No, actually, oh, no, you know what's even worse about the 4S? Oh, sorry, when I had the 4S. It had one of those leather cases that wrap around the phone. That's what I'm talking about. But... When I dropped it, I had the back of the face of it folded over the back. Ah, uh, that's what I So did. it had the leather case, but it <laughs> fell without the... <laughs> I broke my phone. You I broke did it phone. again. I know. It's I broken. Know. I know, <laughs> I but isn't it. it a good thing you can pre-order your new one no. and 
Oh, in two days now, since we just ticked over into the 25th. No, it's not a good thing, because I didn't want to have to pre-order it. And I didn't want to have to focus on the time that I had to pre-order the stupid thing. And I have to focus on pre-ordering the bloody thing and have it. I know. I know. I know. It sucks. I am so irritated. So, yes, if we're talking about biggest nightmares, this is my biggest nightmare. Do you want to know what my nightmare was going to be before I smashed my phone? Yes. Do you know? Yeah. It was. (laughs) I would hate to be, again, it's not as deep as what your one was. I'd hate to be lying in bed and my, where my bed is positioned, if I'm lying with my head on the pillows, I can see, I've got a window right next to my bed and I can kind of see behind the blinds if I'm lying on that side of the bed. Uh, Like, so I can see kind of out the window. The most terrifying thing would be if in the middle of the night, I randomly woke up, looked out the window, just down that little gap there, and I saw an eye looking back at me. That is the biggest nightmare. Besides that, I don't know, loneliness. I don't want to die a complete loner, I guess. Yeah. I mean, that's impossible. Just don't end up on a deserted island like Castaway. Yeah. That's about it. That would be pretty depressing. So, unless, unless you had Wilson, then you'd be fine. Oh, yeah, but then you turn into a complete nutcase. Damn, put glass on my thumb again. Ugh. Okay, no more nightmares for you. <laughs> Alright, moving right along. What a disaster. <laughs> my fucking phone. Okay, if someone can recommend to me a good place to get an iPhone 4S screen and an iPhone 6 screen replaced, please... Send me a line or a link on the Facebook page at Kent and the Steering Team. Please, 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 I will give you a shout out on the podcast or invite you on next week or whenever you want to, if you do that. That is, I don't care where you're in the world. Even if you're my mate from America, I can see there's someone from America that keeps listening to this. Yes. Where are they from, Drew? I I can't even remember, but hang on. I'm going to look this up. Okay. Our American listener, whoever you are, we want to know who you are. And we would love for you to send us a message on the Facebook page. Mountain View CA. Mountain View. Is that the one? Yeah. Mountain View. Yeah. All right. Our friend in Mountain View, please send us a message. We want to know who you are. And we also really need to start thinking about getting some merchandise made up. Just just as another thought. For all seven people. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, I was thinking... Or even for us. Yeah, I was thinking more for us, you know, like posters or something. Yeah. You know. And get a t-shirt made. Oh, I'd love a t-shirt. With just, just, with just the Kent glasses on it. Oh, yeah. And on the back, yeah. just three words. A glorious future. Hell yeah. That's the dream. That is our dream. A glorious future. Anyway, mm-hmm. moving right along. Um... Given our little Halloween um, special tonight, we are also going to discuss our top spooky movies or Halloween movies, whatever whatever tickles your fancy here. Um, yes. I suggested this topic. I also suggested a top five ruling for it, and I'm going to be the one that breaks that on two different <laughs> counts. I'm going to have my top five. Yeah, he's got two lists. Yeah, I got two lists. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, for me, Halloween has always been about kicking back and watching all of my favorite Tim Burton films. I can't help it. I'm a massive fan. 
I've always loved his work and there are particular films in there that tie so eloquently to Halloween, none more important than The Nightmare Before Christmas. Even though that's before Christmas. But it's both. It's a Halloween movie and a Christmas movie, which is great because it means I can keep watching it for the next two months and it's still technically in season. Ladies and gentlemen, Drew Kitteridge. Yep. Anyway, <laughs> do you know your top five yet? Yes. Well, then you're going to kick off while I think about what my non-Tim Burton top five is. <laughs> okay, fine. I've written it down here on a, a piece of paper. It's actually just a, an empty A4 uh, folder. I don't know what you'd call it. I don't know what its name is. Um, anyway, um, my top five Halloween films are starting in... Uh, Ascending order, uh, we have Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice comes in at number five, ladies and gentlemen. Ooh. A great film, um, good fun. Um, yeah, just a bit completely. Oh, Jesus, like what? What, what do you bonkers. say about Beetlejuice? Well, he's the ghost with the most. Uh, moving right along, <laughs> um, I have, I have the uh, the Frighteners, ladies and gentlemen, the Frighteners. What a great film that was with Matthew J. Fox, directed by... Michael J. Um, Fox. Thank you. What did I say? Matthew. Oh, because I was thinking of the, the of Lost, because I started watching oh, Lost. Matthew Fox. Okay. Yeah, right, right. yeah I started, I started, Yeah, I started watching Lost the other day. I apologize. Jesus, I look like an idiot, though. Michael J. Fox. Why the hell would I say Matthew? I don't know. Oh, Side note, goodness. I just bought The Frighteners the other day. I've never watched it. I went and bought it. So Are I'm, you kidding me? You've never watched I'm, it. I'm not. I'm not kidding. And you're the second oh, person. True. You're the second person to react that way about me not watching it this week. Yeah, but I bought course. it. I bought it a couple of days ago. I've Peter got it. Jackson here. directed it. I know, and it's got my favorite actor in it. I know. Yeah. I know. And it's a great movie. I've heard. It's, oh, it's sitting. Out. I'm looking at it on the shelf right now. Idiot. It's still wrapped in the plastic. <coughs> anyway. Are you going to watch it this weekend? Um, maybe. I, I'm probably watch it before this weekend, actually. Oh, good, because it's a freaking Christmas uh, Halloween movie. I anyway, will, I will continue. It's a list. fantastic, fantastic movie. Um, it's it earns its place because it's just so cool. Um, for some reason, it's one of the oldest movies that I remember. Like I remember it so clearly from s- uh, such few viewings. But uh, yeah, I love it. Um, Conjuring Part 2 is on the list then at number 3. That's The Conjuring Part 2, ladies and gentlemen. The Conjuring Part 2. Uh, the, the sequel to uh, James Wan's fantastic The Conjuring. Uh, this film continues the, the, the story about the Warrens. This one's set in London, England. Uh, yeah, it's a great film. I don't know where it's set, actually. It's somewhere in England. Um, yeah, great film. Love it. It's awesome. It's definitely on the list. Uh, and that brings me to number 2 on the list. That's number 2, ladies and gentlemen. Number 2 on the list is... The Conjuring. So that is the uh, prequel to uh, James Wan's fantastic uh, sequel, The Conjuring 2. Yeah, so that's also on the list. It's a great film. It's the first time we saw the Warrens uh, on screen. Uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, uh, the the couple who go around. Um, Lorraine, of course, can can seek spirits or, or communicate, I guess, with them. Um, and Ed is great at exorcisms and also other miscellaneous activity like that um so yeah awesome films they're two of my favorites scare the shit out of me i love them they're great number one though is the first time i participated in anything halloween 
uh, I suggested participate in a positive way, not giving cornflakes. Um, I uh, recommended that we watch this movie on Halloween. They had something else lined up to watch at this event that I went to or ended up at. Uh, and I suggested that instead we watch this film called The Descent. The Descent, ladies and gentlemen, is number one on my list. The Descent, that is. Uh, great film. It's... Uh, I say great film, it's actually just a piece of crap. But it scares the shit out of you. It's um, it's great to watch with lots of people around because it really does scare the shit out of you without meaning to. Um I think it perfected the jump scare the best of any film that I've watched so far. Yeah, it hit the nail on the head. Perfect Halloween movie. I had to escort someone home. They were so scared. It was a great film. But, honourable mention, goes to a completely non-scary um, film, but also on theme, I guess, in that uh, I reckon uh, what we do in the shadows. Now, What We Do in the Shadows is a film by my favourite director, Taika, or one of my favourite directors, Taika Waititi. Uh, he does a great job. It's not scary at all. But again, it's a vampire film. Um, I think anyone that would ever say having, um, I don't know, let's say, for example, Twilight on their list uh, deserves an absolute dropkick straight to the cranium. Um, but yeah, Drew, your turn. Alrighty, well... Um Man, I, I almost want to put what we do in the shadows into my top five as well. I know it's <laughs> man. I, don't, it's, I know it's not a horror. It's not a horror or a Halloween movie, but it, it doesn't matter. It's just awesome. It is. It, it really is. Vampires. All right. I mean, Twilight could never go there. Like, in, like I said, anyone insane enough to put Twilight there would just be insane. And here, and so, here, I was jokingly going to put the Twilight films in. <laughs> I swear to God, if you do that, I, I stop this recording and then we just go home. Well, we are home, but <laughs> just never do this again. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. I, I'm, I'm going to wing it a little bit for my um, for my top five that are not Tim Burton films. That's okay. Um, Winging it's fine. That's how I've gotten through life. Yeah, look. Okay, in no particular order. Um, I'll kick off <coughs> with the seminal 90s classic, the live action film of Casper. Yeah. Great choice. Yeah. I just opened my mouth wide. Yeah. There. I was like. Yeah. yeah. With Bill Pullman and Christina Ricci. Um, it's an absolute classic for me and a no brainer for this list. Like who doesn't want to watch it around this time of year? It's an amazing film and it brings back so many childhood memories. I, I absolutely love it. Um, another great one. This one is just generally one of my favorite films. Poltergeist directed by Tobe Hooper and written and produced by Steven Spielberg. And there is some debate been going on for decades about whether or not uh, Spielberg actually directed a lot of the film himself. There's also a lot of superstition tied to the film because for a start, um, the skeletons used in the film were real skeletons. They were not fake ones because real ones were cheaper. Hey, are you serious? Yeah. And there's actually, there's believed to be curses on the film franchise. The little girl that starred in all three films died shortly after the third film. Like, 
there's some really twisted stuff going on there um also making my top five is guillermo del toro's film crimson peak now that one only came out a couple years ago but i absolutely adore it i think it's a brilliant brilliant film gothic horror romance it's it's all there absolutely captivating and to me another perfect entry for the holiday so how many films is that that's three i've got two more to fill out well one of them oddly enough i'm going to give to et yeah i get that now et actually has what could arguably be its most important scene in the film taking place on halloween and i believe that it does rightfully own a spot in the Halloween viewing of films. Um, I haven't seen E.T. since 2000 and, uh, 2007 or eight, I think. Really? Mm-hmm. I think you're due for another viewing. I think so, too. And just to hear the... Pretty much just to hear the kid go... <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. You know the scene when he does that? Yeah, I do. On the bike? I do. <laughs> I just watched it again a few weeks ago. I love it. <laughs> um, and young Drew Barrymore. Anyway, continue. Yes. Your last one. Yeah, I've got one more. Man, what do I pick for the last you one? You can give it to what we do in the shadows if you want to. Part of part of me wants to, and then part of me wants to give it to Sam Raimi's um, B-grade horror film, Drag Me to Hell, which is <sighs> which is a ton of fun. Crazy old Something lady. Something with Bruce Campbell. Oh, anything with Bruce Something. Campbell. Yeah. Bruce Campbell, the man with the chin. Yeah. Anything with him. I'm looking at you, Spider-Man films. Um, man, I could even give it to Pan's Labyrinth. I don't know. Like, This is the point. There I've are- never seen Pan's... I was going to say to you, Pan's Labyrinth, is it... I've never seen it. I've just seen bits of it, and it looks amazing, and I wish I've seen it, but I haven't. Look, it, it's... I think it's one of the most well-made films ever made. I... I praise every element of it i think that it's compulsory viewing for you i'm surprised mm-hmm. you haven't watched it i've seen bits of it i know i'm annoyed that i haven't seen it myself i may have to leave this number five slot open because there's too many films that could fit into it heck i'd even put the first three harry potter films into the halloween viewing category yeah. number three because it's the best of the lot. Oh, of course but i guess the point is that there's just too many options there now on so your top five is really a top it's more of a top four well it's a top four plus one that could be filled by anything Mm -hmm. (laughs) which allows me what i really want to do which is to give a top six to my tim burton films for halloween that works out that's even 10 yeah yeah now (laughs) kicking off again in no particular order however i i must name it first Beetlejuice. Yep. Because Beetlejuice is brilliant. Beetlejuice should be watched every Halloween and then every other week for the rest of the year. It is amazing. You really can't top that film. You've got Michael Keaton. You've got Tim Burton. You have got Alec Baldwin. Winona Ryder. There's all these brilliant people in there. And it is one of the funniest films you'll ever see. It is also incredibly appropriate for the holiday. Anyway, moving right along, we've got The Nightmare Before Christmas, which absolutely is a Halloween film and a Christmas film, as I said before. Fits both categories. You can watch it for the months between. Yeah, exactly. It's wonderful for us. 
Um, we're going to zip along quickly because there are so many. Tim Burton's 1999 classic Sleepy Hollow. I never finished watching it. I, wa- I really enjoyed it. I remember the first time I started watching that was on TV on a Sunday night at like 10.30 and I was like, oh, I've got school in the morning. I should... This is several years ago, obviously. Over seven years ago. And then I just kept watching it a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And then finally went, I have to go to bed. Went on the next commercial break. And I went to an ad and I didn't watch it again. But I really enjoyed what I saw and I really want to watch it. Feel free to borrow my copy. I absolutely love it. Um, they take they take a couple of liberties with the novel. And I, I read the novel for school and I really enjoyed it. I've seen the Disney version of it. Also enjoyed it. Tim Burton's one takes it a few steps further and the mystery involved in it is so captivating to watch. It's almost on par with the stunning visuals and, you know, the more supernatural elements to the story. And to me, it just it reminds me so much of Midsummer Murders. I guess that's something I take from it that I love. Um, I've got Midsummer Murders theme song stuck in my head now. Yeah, thanks. Now, now I do too. Alrighty, um, so how many is that now? One, two, three. I'm literally looking at them on the shelf as I go through them. The next one, Corpse Bride. I didn't enjoy that film. Really? Yeah. Really, really. Man. I thought I would. I was really excited to see it when I saw the trailers, but when I saw it, I was like, nah. Give it another no try. No, I can't. I try. I can't. I did, can't do it. It just annoys me. Damn. I love the music. Yeah. I I love the visuals. The puppets are stunning. And it's a good taste of what Laker Entertainment had to offer moving on from that. Because after they did Corpse Bride, they went on and did Coraline. Coraline. And Coraline's another excellent film. Although, sadly, it does not make my list. Let's just say that it's one of those films that could go into that vacant slot. Um, moving right along, Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. So, for those of you that aren't aware, Tim Burton did go and make the adaptation of the hit Broadway musical from Stephen Sondheim, casting his favourite two muses, Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, but also adding to the cast the likes of Alan Rickman. Are you saying he added her again? No, I'm saying bottom fodder. Oh, okay. <laughs> anyway, anyway, adding to the cast were the likes of Alan Rickman, Sasha Baron Cohen, and what's his name? Guy that plays Peter Pettigrew. Timothy, oh, yeah, Timothy that Spall. That's it. Yes. Right, guy. Yeah. So, absolutely, like, really good film. Really, really good film. If you haven't seen it, see it. I remember seeing it in the cinema and I was captivated from opening to closing frame. One of my favorite soundtracks. I listen to the songs all the time and I know them all. Yep. Um, And last but certainly not least, and I'm sure there'll be more added as, you know, as the years go on, but Frankenweenie. Never even heard of it. (gasps) You've never heard of Frankenweenie. I'm sending you. Sounds like you're saying, I'm sending you the trailer. Sounds tra- like you're saying Frank and Beans. I know a little bit, doesn't it? Well, for those of you that don't know, Phil, Frank and Weenie <laughs> is the loving story about a boy and his dog. Until one day, the dog dies. I'm not watching it. Then. The boy is upset, but he's a bit of a science whiz, 
So he finds a way to bring his dog back to life. But is it like a corpse thing or is it like just his dog back to normal? Somewhere in between. It's like Franken- no, Frankenstein's okay. monster. You you will like it. I promise you will like it. The dog's name is Sparky. It just reminds me of the dog's name in Terminator 2. What's wrong with Wolfie? I can hear him barking. <laughs> Wolfie's fine, dear. Wolfie. Oh, Wolfie. <laughs> I'm sending you the trailer Ridiculous. for Frank and Weedy. It's actually all right, it's all right, really all right, good. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. I said, no, ladies. No, yeah, okay. Maybe. We'll see. It depends. I am i can't watch I Am Legend again because, well, no spoiler alert. Well, spoiler alert, the dog dies. We, I think we all know. <laughs> it's it's okay. Look, Frank and Weenie's not like that. And so did Will Smith's career. Um, <laughs> oh, wait, no, that was After Earth that killed it. How many times has his that, career died? Well, he's just picked shit movies. He chose to act with his dumb shit son instead of actually doing something good. But anyway, yeah. Anyway, anyway. Um... <laughs> That's that's my my list. I think if I named any more, I'm sure a mob would come and murder me. So, yeah. <laughs> I can't help it. I love Tim Burton films. To me, they're tied to the holiday. So, yeah. And that concludes the top five... Well, <laughs> Drew's top ten and Phil's top five films for Halloween viewing. Uh, if you choose to, sit back, relax, and watch some of those flicks this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Yep, on to the last segment of the show, as always. It is time to in- induct a new inductee into the sick end of the week uh, Hall of Fame. I don't know, was that right? How would I say that sentence? It is time to induct a new inductee. I love it. Let's just roll yeah, with well, it. Let's roll with it. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, so who is our next inductee? Well, Drew. Let's start off by saying. He used to be kind of a big deal. Yes, he Then did. he stopped being he kind of a big deal, and he pouted about it. And then he suddenly came back and was a big deal again, and then instantly no longer a big deal. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. We are, of course, talking about the legendary Kev Rudd. Yep. The Mr. Lemon himself. <laughs> Have you seen he's put on weight? He's starting to look like the lemon. Yeah, in the he's face. getting pudgy face, <laughs> pudgy and round. It's starting to look. Um, like- <laughs> yeah, but but Mr. Kevin Rudd is uh, the the honourable Kevin Rudd, the ex prime minister, uh, is our next inductee into the Kent of the Week, uh, sick Kent of the Week Hall of Fame. The reason why he is in that uh, wonderful, legendary, honourable position. Um, is because of what, Mr. Drew? Well, Big Kev, rest in peace, Big Kev, Big Kev <laughs> has stepped forward back into the spotlight 10 years after the massive hysteria that was Kevin 07. Yeah, it's mm. been 10 years. What a great campaign that was. Anyway, Kevin Rudd is back because he feels he has something to say. In regard to the absolute debacle that is our Australian NBN. National Broadband Network for those playing along at home overseas. Yeah. So, 
In case you're unaware, the Liberal and the Labour parties each had their own proposition for how the NBN should be rolled out nationwide. And by all accounts, it appeared that either way we were going to get NBN and that it would be manageable. One, Of course, everyone that was intelligent and not a complete dumb shit knew that Labour's uh, idea was significantly better. Just saying. As an option and a choice, <laughs> it was significantly better, you know, night and day kind of significantly better. But, uh, you know, All right, well, what what do I know? I'm just someone with a shit-ass internet system at home That's because it's a crap system. It's been rolled out by the, um, by the Liberal government. Yes. Yes. Anyway, not that we pick sides in political parties here. We try to keep ourselves relatively... Um, ambivalent except for when it comes down to this particular issue yeah well th- this is something that affects us quite deeply as this is our means of actually getting our content to you guys and look in a very in a very basic version the labor party wanted to set up a complete fiber optic network the liberal party wanted to do a partial fiber optic change over where the fiber optic would run only to a certain length and then it would revert back to the old copper wiring system which would mean which we all know is a stupid idea to put old and new together because that just doesn't work exactly ever in anything in in some respects it would still be quicker than the current than the current internet options however it's like a bottleneck, pretty much, though. It, anyway. it, it is. It's a bottleneck, and it would have been a lot quicker for the internet to just run completely on the fiber optic. Anyway, now that we got that little explanation out of the way, Kevin Rudd has spoken up on his um, frustrations, shall we say, at the Liberal Party for the way they have approached this and for how they are costing us excessively more money in taxpaying dollars because they want to roll this out slowly by using this bottleneck method rather than just doing a straight changeover that would have cost more up front but would have saved a lot of money in the long run mm-hmm. and yeah and he pretty much nailed the reasoning why uh, the Liberal Party may or have adopted this method and managed to convince that crowd of idiot followers of this logic yes by as well. by pointing out the um not so subtle anymore alignment between the liberal party's interests and that of the murdoch family and by extension the foxtel corporation the cable network uh, system in australia who would be cable television network yeah who would be without question losing business the second the nbn goes through Mm-hmm. How, Especially if it's a good system. Yeah. And to those like Netflix, uh, Amazon, Stan, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, even Foxtel's weighed in on it now with their... What is it? Foxtel Now? Is it? Mm. Which is ironic given that when people went to watch the season premiere of Game of Thrones this year on mm. that Crash. streaming network, it crashed opening night. Hilarious. But yeah, so basically the NBN is a piece of shit. Uh, and Sorry steaming pile of shit in this country and Kevin Rudd absolutely nailed his descript, descript, uh, description of it um, when there was some thought that the Labour Party were to blame for this catastrophe even though have, they have absolutely zero responsibility in its failure 
um, and would have had everything to do with its success. Not that I like the Labour Party, I think that they're a bunch of idiots anyway, but still I thought they were right on this one. Um, Man, but yeah, yeah they, I'd... yeah, Kevin Rudd nailed it. He just absolutely nailed them in just straight up to the point. Um, I don't remember the last direct. time. Yeah, I, I don't remember the last time I saw him speak so well. I think that the last time might have been the first interview he did after becoming PM again. Mm. Yeah, that's true. Like th- this was such a this was such a short, sweet, yeah. completely brilliant um, assessment of the NBN and the reasoning behind the way it is. Uh, and, and so he, yeah, yep. And and just like that that final interview, well, that first interview after taking PM back, he ended this interview as well with that smug grin. Yeah, of course, it's his trademark. Oh. he's got that to the to the. The call was beautiful, um, but he's earned his place in the sick end of the week. Oh, definitely, uh, Hall of Fame because of the fact that he absolutely nailed it. He got it right. There was a fantastic program on television the other night um, talking about the NBN and the reason for its failures. So this is perfectly timed. Um, I know from being in a home with a horrifically crap brand new national broadband network system that. It is a steaming pile of shit, and I have every right to be furious at the government, and I swear if they get in again, I will rain terror on what, uh, in every what, way I possibly what can. What did you say your top um, your top speed at megabits per second was? For brand new internet? Yeah. Uh, maximum I got was 25, uh, which was pretty much on par with where we were before. That's the top speed, though. Um, on average, though, we're more about um, 15 megabytes a second, or M- Mbps. Megabits, megabits yep. per second. Yep. Oh, I don't care. And then um, all the rest of the time, it tends to be around six, five to six. Interesting. Well, yes. I'm, I'm over here with my satellite internet, and I'm just running a speed test right now. And I've just hit an average on my speed test. Oh, oh hang on. No, never mind. Forget what I just said, because that was doing it off my 4G, which of course was 46 megabits per second. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, that's my Vodafone internet for you. Um, yeah, I am now reconnecting my Wi-Fi so that I can oh, run this test correctly. I got more glass in my thumb. My phone screen drew. This nightmare will never end, will it? Oh. All right, here we go. On a more realistic... Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I'm averaging about... Two... One... One point something megabits per second. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, the National Broadband Network. It's funny how our Prime Minister turned around and said that... Uh, oh, when, when the uh, claims came out that our internet was worse than Kenya's, he came out and claimed that, oh, that's absolutely untrue. Prove it. Prove it to me right now that it's not true. Prove it. It's not It's not a false claim. It is dead set the truth. Our internet is worse than everywhere else's. It's a crap system. It is really crap. On the program that was on television the other night, Four Corners program on the ABC, they did a test which was um, they in Brisbane, they put a, a file on a USB and they also put a file on um, in an email and hit send to send it to someone on the other side of Brisbane. And then someone else took the USB, got in a car and drove 
all the way across the other side of Brisbane and delivered it and got it there half an hour before the file finished emailing on the NBN. What? So there you go. That's the National Broadband Network for you. It's a piece of shit. Um, it's a crap idea. Anyone that thought it was a good idea is a moron and should not be trusted with anything other than sitting there in a room with a straitjacket on, looking at a wall made of mattress covering because they're an idiot. They have no idea what they're talking about. I found my I found my top speed on a speed test on my Wi-Fi at home. It was twenty nine point six two megabits a second on the eleventh of May. My average though from from the number of tests I've done is anywhere between 10 to 14. Yeah. How'd you find that stuff? I've got all my results dating back to 2012 through the Ookla speed test app on my phone. Well, I've got from what date was your best one on? My best one was the 11th of May. Well, that's funny. On the 24th of May was my best one. What was yours at? Way, way before we had um, NBN. It was 30.12. Interesting. Yeah, I. this NBN is just a complete and utter disappointment, an absolute waste of time. The NBN itself, there's nothing wrong with that. The issue lies in the way they have done it. And sadly the Liberal Party has just missed the boat entirely on this one. Mm -hmm. And Kevin was right there to point it out. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Especially when they tried to turn the blame onto him. Unfairly, completely, ridiculously, wrongly, and stupidly. Yeah. Anyway. That's all I've got. At the danger of... Uh, Well... At the danger of putting mm-hmm. you guys to sleep, and for the record, I listened to last week's episode the other night, and I fell asleep listening, so I, c- I can't condemn you. You put people to sleep. I put myself to sleep. That's what we do. Yeah, you must like the sound of your voice, or mine, screaming and being angry at something. Um, well, in that case, I think it's time that we shall wrap things up. Of course, remember to contact us at uh, Kent and the Steering Team on Facebook. Or at the 35th Mill if you're interested in films and things like that. Or on our personal Facebook pages if you're friends with us. Uh, but please go and leave a comment or some information on our pages. And share, share, and share. share it. Share it. I promise if we make it and get lots of money and stuff like that in the future. Not that I'm saying that that's the idea. But in some ways it is because I because, want money. Well, but if we, if we make it, we'll bring you along and give you some money too. If you share it and help us out. See, once you guys start sharing it and helping us get the word out, we can start making a little bit of money. We can start getting some awesome merchandise that we can give to you guys. We want to be able mm-hmm. to do giveaways and promotions and all that cool stuff. A Lannister always repays his debts and a Charolumbus too. And a Kitteridge. And a Kitteridge. Um, so yeah, make sure you do that. Uh, go into our YouTube page at the 35th Mill um, or just hang around till next time and have another listen to the next episode. Uh, Till then, I'm Phil, been joined with Drew, the famous words to rat it out. Yep.